Welcome to the Nonprofit Voice, which is brought to you by Nonprofit Pro, the go-to resource for nonprofit management and strategy. In each episode, we'll sit down with nonprofit executives, consultants, and technology partners to learn more about the latest tactics, strategies, and trends in the nonprofit sector. As always, you can download all Nonprofit Voice episodes on Apple, Google, and Spotify. To be the first to know of new episode releases, follow us on social media and subscribe to our e-newsletter. Hi, welcome back to the Nonprofit Voice. I'm Amanda Cole, the editor-in-chief of Nonprofit Pro and host of today's episode, which is supported by Classy. Classy is an affiliate of GoFundMe and Public Benefit Corporation, which creates meaningful connections through giving by empowering nonprofits to take advantage of every opportunity to connect with donors and build lasting relationships. Learn more about Classy and GoFundMe's pilot program for nonprofits at classy.org forward slash GoFundMe hyphen demo hyphen request. Welcome to the podcast, and thank you for joining me for today's episode. I'll be chatting with Soraya Alexander, president of Classy and chief operating officer at GoFundMe, to learn the state of the nonprofit sector as well as some new developments at GoFundMe and Classy. Then later in the episode, Troy Dunmeyer, chief operating officer at the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, will join the conversation to talk about donor acquisition opportunities on the platform, as well as a pilot program that allowed his nonprofit to reach relevant GoFundMe campaign organizers. As a result, the nonprofit furthered its mission by reaching new individuals affected by the disease and provided them with more support and services during their journeys. Let's jump into the conversation. Soraya, welcome to the Nonprofit Voice. Before we jump into the state of the sector, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your roles at Classy and GoFundMe? Yeah, it's so good to see you and talk to you again, Amanda. I'm Soraya Alexander. I am the president of Classy. I'm also the chief operating officer of GoFundMe. Um, and that sounds insane if you don't know that about a year ago, GoFundMe actually acquired Classy. And so we operate as two uh, kind of independent subsidiaries serving different sides of the fundraising space. Uh, and my job is making sure that Classy continues serving the nonprofit sector, uh, as we've always done with fundraising technology, and that we find bridges between what GoFundMe does with personal fundraising uh, and, and the nonprofit space. So you, you have a really unique and expansive view of, of the giving sector. Can you tell me a little bit more about the GoFundMe acquisition of Classy and also your long-term vision? Absolutely. Uh, a few years ago, the leadership of uh, Classy and GoFundMe came together and we started talking about what we saw in the world of giving generally. So GoFundMe is the largest kind of independent platform for fundraising in the world. Uh, millions of people come to the platform to raise money to help themselves, to raise money to help their family and their friends and causes they care about. And it's this really amazing uh, kind of entrepreneurial side of fundraising. And then Classy works with thousands of organizations trying to work at scale to solve very complex uh, issues. You know, Name your cause and Classy supports organizations that, that try to, to meet that need. And what we saw is this community of individual fundraisers and this sector who's trying to engage communities at scale, and the two were kind of disconnected. And we said, we can build technology to bring the two closer together. They serve very different needs. Uh, they're responding to people who want to get engaged in very different ways, but there's no structural bit bridge to say, somebody cares about a cause, they've been touched by this cause in their personal lives, they've managed to respond in this really isolated way on the GoFundMe platform, and now what do they do? Now they're activated. What do they do? They go off and kind of go back to their individual lives. But can we build something that actually introduces them to the organizations that we serve on the Classy platform? 
Uh, and we thought we could we could help do something different. So we came together. The acquisition was formalized about a year ago, and now we're kind of hard at work to make that that vision a reality. So, and in terms of just jumping to the state of the industry, you know, there's uh, across multiple reports that track um, individual giving, showing that it's down across the nonprofit sector. So, what are you seeing in those numbers, uh, as well as your own data? Yeah, there's a lot of conversations around um, this this donor participation rate, which keeps going down. This lack of donor trust in institutions uh, that serve the greater good—it's really scary. I think when we talk to development um, officers, there's a real sense of, man, it's a hard job to be in right now. You are solving these issues that really need attention, the, the brightest and best minds in the world, the most resources, and yet we're not able to capture the imagination and the excitement and the commitment by the general public. Um, but when the fundraising effectiveness project, which is really what sparked this latest round of conversation came out, uh, I think it was in kind of mid-June, it actually coincided with the IRS releasing updated reports from about a third of registers 501c3s from 2021. So a little bit dated, but those two reports came out at the same time, or those two data sets came out at the same time. And we dug into the IRS data and we actually saw something a little bit different, which was that seven out of 10 of the nonprofits they reported on grew despite 2021 being a very weird year, you know, economically and societally uh, from like a workforce lens. And we saw seven out of 10 nonprofits growing and there wasn't a lot of conversation around why. So then of course we dug into our own data. on We actually saw that of the growers, Classy customers grew by four and a half times that of just the growers. It was an average of about $3 million per organization of additional funding. And so, of course, we're like, okay, something's going on. We need to understand this so we can, you know, distill it, report it back because the, the world of news is not all bad for this sector. Um, and, and we wanted to be able to share that a little bit more. I'm leading the witness too, because now you're going to have to ask me, so what have we found? <laughs> I'll let you ask it. <laughs> Exactly. So despite this decline in individual fundraising, um, you mentioned how classy customers have grown four and a half times. So where are these organizations finding that success? Yeah, we're trying to, it's never a perfect categorization, but we've basically distilled it to three buckets that we think about a lot. And the three are not isolated. They interweave to create really meaningful experiences. So the organizations that seem to get it, get it on three dimensions. Uh, the first one is storytelling. And so there's a lot of conversation around storytelling, but storytelling that's compelling is personal, really diving into individual stories that show impact and then show how these organizations do it at scale. And of course, we're going to talk about this more when we think about where GoFundMe fits in. And as you think about GoFundMe stories as being just this mass of individual stories and why does that resonate with people? But organizations do it really well. Uh, certain organizations do it really well. And, you know, you think about an organization, I don't know, like Shriners Hospitals for Children, who's one of our close partners, and they serve a million and a half families, but they talk about individual moments. They talk about individual challenges. And suddenly donors can see themselves in these stories, and that resonates, and that has an impact. And so, you know, solving for one, thinking about one, you know, resonating with one, and then showing how that scales has been something that's really consistent. The second thing is intelligence. And so we hear a lot of conversation around data. I don't know that data is really that powerful. Data that can drive to insight that can then be tooled to 
equip action is powerful, but like data for the sake of it doesn't do much. And so it's that next step of what do I learn from this and what do I do with it? Um, and you see organizations really acting uh, in these data informed ways um, and, and they really stand out. And the third is investment in tech and understanding that tech is not a substitute for relationships. It's the way that you make relationships feel smooth and seamless and personal. And so great tech almost um, recedes into the background. Great experiences, suddenly your story is front and center and the journey is really smooth and you don't even notice that technology is playing that role of facilitating the journey. Or if you think about yourself as a donor or consumer, great tech doesn't mean that it gets in the way of, let's say, your e-commerce shopping experience. You don't even notice the tech because it's so easy. That impulse from like, I want to buy, I see, I want to buy, and then I buy. It feels like nothing's happened. And yet immense amounts of sophisticated tech have taken place in the intervening seconds. But when you think about storytelling and you know data insight and great tech, those things come together and you actually do see organizations deploying all those three things well and and succeeding and able, you know, being able to serve more people. Since GoFundMe's acquisition of Classy last year, what have you learned about individual donor behaviors that could be translated to learnings for nonprofits, especially around donor acquisition? Yes. Okay. So this comes back to the storytelling. Um, I think the first thing is I'll lay out what is the frame of mind of people who are coming to GoFundMe to give. So more often than not, these are first degree connections. You come to GoFundMe because your neighbor or your colleague or your sister has had something happen to them. And you in that moment need to show them solidarity, support, uh, community. That is what these experiences most often are. There are other experiences for sure that happen on GoFundMe, but a lot of the time it's these moments of community and they're very, very personal. This isn't a, the concept of a donor community. So I think when people say like, oh, it's this giving ecosystem, of course, but giving happens in all of these really unique ways. And so as we think about you know, individual moments of giving, individual stories, tight connection, what we actually see from that that can be extrapolated to the sector is we need to get givers to give because once they have become activated in this giving ecosystem, they will give again. You need to find that moment of connection, that moment what that turns them from observers or not feeling like they have a personal stake in being part of the solution to actually, I can help this person I know. I do have agency in the situation. It is important for me to act. Once they give, then you actually see them across our platform coming back. So getting somebody from observer and visitor to giver is the hardest step. Once they're a giver, they're more than twice as likely to come back and give again across organizations, across modalities, across causes more frequently. And so for us, we're thinking a lot about how do we engage people? How do we build those on-ramps to giving? Because once they're in our web of you know, philanthropy, it's really easy to keep them. And so we also think about that when we're thinking about partnerships across the sector, right? There's a lot of conversation around scarcity. And, you know, if I give to this or, you know, if I get a donor to engage with this organization, maybe they won't give to that other organization. We see none of that in our data. We do not see this concept of kind of a finite wallet that, oh, I only had a hundred bucks to give and I gave it here. So sorry, I'm done. Actually, something got me to give. Now the job is saying, did you see what you could do? Did you see what that hundred dollars did? Did you see the impact you can have at an individual level? Let's keep introducing you to other ways to have impact across all of these causes you care about. Um, and so we're we're really thinking about, you know, we know where donors are getting activated. It's on this GoFundMe platform. How do we use that as an on-ramp to our classy customers um, and the sector more broadly? 
And I heard that um, someone donates to an individual on GoFundMe every second. So how is GoFundMe even working to give nonprofits nonprofits the opportunity to steward crowdfunding donors and engage them in their own causes? We are still building out the entire kind of ecosystem of what this would look like. We have a test. We've actually had a few tests with some of our key partners um, to try to build and validate some of the thinking that we were just saying, which is somebody's now been touched by a particular issue in a really personal way. How do we introduce them to an organization working at scale to address the root cause of that issue? So um, I know we're, we're going to have a special guest kind of coming a little bit later, but I'll give a preview to that. We partnered with 18 organizations uh, who work in discrete cause areas that, at a national scale. And we said, okay, we know a whole um, community of GoFundMe donors who have been touched by, say, um, restrictions on LGBTQ rights or by cancer or by um, kind of animal, um, animal care issues. We've got organizations working to address these issues at scale. How can we say now you've donated to this one cause? That's been, you know, that's really amazing. Do you want your impact to go even further? Would you like to help other people like this person in your network? How do we provide that introduction to organizations? So we tested it um, and we found some really good learnings. People are really interested. The open rates are really high. The engagement is really high. The click-through rates are comparable to what you'd see on, you know, certain paid channels, which is encouraging. Um, and now the question is, how do we scale it? Uh, so we're learning a lot about that. We're learning a lot about our machine learning algorithms that kind of match these organizations and these donors together. And, and we've got to be very careful about that. So we're moving slow. We're getting a ton of feedback from the organizations we're working with, a ton of feedback from our GoFundMe organizers and donors. Um, and we are going to continue to build out these pathways. One of those test points for the pilot program is the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So let's bring yes. Troy into the conversation. Welcome, Troy. Um, please tell us about yourself and your work with LLS. Thanks, Amanda. Uh, so Troy Dunmeyer, and uh, I'm the proud husband to a wonderful wife, Rebecca, and a proud dad to two four-legged furry children, Sheldon and um, Penny. Sheldon's an eight-year-old cockapoo, and Penny is a five-year-old golden doodle and uh during the day i get the privilege of working for an amazing organization called the leukemia and lymphoma society um, and i serve as the chief operating officer and in that capacity it's a it's a fun title um which is not the typical chief operating officer in the sense of operating functions i do oversee those like it and marketing and communications and general operations but a big portion of my job is really philanthropy and overseeing all of our regional teams across the country and all of our philanthropic teams that was a way better introduction than mine to myself. I gave nothing personal, Troy. So oh. nice job on that. <laughs> I, I have to always listen. My wife plays a big role in my life and those dogs do too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> before you before you joined us, we were talking about um, donor acquisition avenues through GoFundMe. Does LLS have any success stories from that? Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. So we... Um, of course, I mean, it's one of those things to say, like, who doesn't know GoFundMe? Um, <laughs> pretty much everybody in society knows GoFundMe, but we we came to the GoFundMe um, concept really through our relationship with Classy. And so when we learned that Classy and GoFundMe were coming together, um, it was one of the things that I thought was really kind of cool and exciting was this opportunity to think about new ways to engage a variety of audiences. And one of those audiences is donors. And so 
very quickly, we were able to do some work and uh, GoFundMe was so gracious to pilot the idea of introducing a campaign organizer to LLS um, from a donation lens, right? So truly donor acquisition and, and uh, going out to those that might have created a campaign surrounding leukemia, lymphoma, myeloma, really the key words of blood cancer, the key types of blood cancer, if you will, and to, to go out to those, those campaign organizers with a call to action and introduction to LLS and engaging LLS through a designated classy branded donation form. So we, uh, we acquired a couple of donors through that. I wouldn't say the results were groundbreaking or earth shattering, um, but I think that um, I would still call it a success. And I think for me, success is not just points on the board, donors acquired, et cetera. It really is about learning. And I think we learned some cool stuff through that that in, ultimately has translated into other work. In addition to wanting new avenues to acquire donate donors, you actually told Classy last year that you, you had a goal to reach 180,000 new patients by 2027. So part of LLS's mission is to improve the quality of life for patients with blood cancer. So how did you challenge the Classy and GoFundMe teams to help you also meet mission delivery goals? Yes, this is now where the pilot gets cool and really exciting. <laughs> and so I, I, I absolutely, in the world of philanthropy, I'm all about acquiring donors and engaging donors and, and really engaging everyday philanthropists to give generously to a cause that's important to them. But when I think about our work at the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and our mission around curing these blood cancers and really helping patients live longer, better lives past remission, um, or being cured of these blood cancers, it really is about reaching more of them. Um, and so I saw the classy GoFundMe opportunity as not only a way to engage philanthropists, but as a way to actually deliver work that we do in support of improving patient uh, quality of life. And that is through programs such as educational resources, additional financial resources, um, opportunities to engage in clinical trials or to be supported by a one-to-one -one connection with someone who is a survivor and things of that nature. And so for me, the idea was, wow, every campaign that gets started on GoFundMe, the reason why someone's starting a campaign is either they need help themselves or most likely they're helping a loved one, a family member, a neighbor, a friend who's been touched by this tragic disease. And so why not provide them with more help, right? So yes, they're going out there to raise funds, provide financial support or other types of help, but we obviously can offer a lot of other types of help. So we actually got the opportunity to pilot with GoFundMe a chance to reach out to those that had started campaigns within the last six months, again, through keyword searches like leukemia, lymphoma, blood cancer, myeloma. And we were able to go out and connect with over 2000 uh, campaign organizers where they got an email, which wasn't about donating to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. It was about learning about how the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society could support them or their loved one with their, with their journey um, in, in the space of blood cancer. Three times more engagement with that messaging than what they traditionally see off of a campaign organizer email sent from GoFundMe, as well as we acquired, if you will, new individuals who signed up for information for the, from the organization, called the Information Resource Center, et cetera. And that's exactly what we, what we wanted was to reach more patients or patient households so that we can provide them with the support and services they need, answer the questions they have as they, again, battle blood cancer. 
Yeah, I'll I'll chime in here. It's really cool. And I'll I'll give Troy a lot of credit. Uh, One of the things that we knew from the outset is this is new territory. We don't know what we're exactly going to build, how we're going to build it. We believe in the opportunity. And now we have to craft what that reality will look like. And so we worked really closely, again, with GoFundMe organizers, but also with our classy customers to say, what is important for you? And when we first presented the idea and the concept of this acquisition to Troy, his response was, oh, you're not thinking big enough. There's so much more we can do. And that was that was really great because we took that and tried to run with it. And uh, you're right, Troy, we, we saw really good engagement rates. Our open rates for emails were north of 50%. And you know, if you're for the marketers listening, that is really good. Very, very good engagement. People are looking to be more engaged in all of these different ways. And if we think about the the transfer of value being much more fluid and you know bi-directional, like this goes kind of all different ways. And how do we just elevate society and bring people together in in these avenues? Um, there's a lot of potential here. So we're excited to keep building that. And Troy also mentioned, you know. It was small learnings, and we did that kind of intentionally. We didn't know what we didn't know. This was our very first time saying, hey, there's something else you could do. You could get more involved. There's organizations working in these different levels. So we went out kind of small, and it's not going to, that initial test is not going to change the outcome for LLS in year one. But seeing how customers respond and donors respond more importantly, like there is something here uh, that we're going to be building upon. I think what's really neat is the opportunity to learn about where and when do we engage in the journey. And and so we started this group with those that had created a campaign within the past six months. I think go forward, it's kind of learning the what's the sweet spot? When do we when do we engage that person who has created a campaign? Is that within the first week, two weeks, month, two months, three months? What's that sweet spot? Which is really then saying we want to meet the person at the greatest time of need when they're open to support. Because again, I think in blood cancer, it's overwhelming when someone's diagnosed with a blood cancer. You're really, your world is turned upside down in terms of what your needs are. Uh, Many times when a person's diagnosed, they're starting their treatment that day that they're diagnosed. I mean, so it really is life transforming. And so I think for these campaign organizers, whether they're the member of the family, a friend or other, we got we to gotta figure out when's the right time to get to them, to provide them the information and the resources they need, not to overwhelm them, but to support them. And then I think down the road, there's another point of, of, of engagement, which is now that you have survived this, this life-changing disease, how do you want to help in the future for others that might face the same thing? Now that's where you get involved in terms of donating to LLS, engaging with one of our campaigns in the peer-to-peer space, et cetera. So, so much more to learn, but I think very cool overall. And I'm grateful for Sarai and the team for, for letting us play alongside them. <laughs> so do either of you have any insight into how this is resonating with other nonprofits? What have you seen there? And are there any adjustments you're making to the pilot as a result? With because Classy works with uh, pretty much every cause category and nonprofits of all sizes working in these cause categories, we've had lots of conversations and people are really intrigued by the possibilities. Um, and they're trying to actually map what we are talking about at the broadest uh, lens to how does this apply to my organization? Where could I help Classy evolve this, this vision and this strategy? So Troy talked a lot about some of kind of his ideas that are not coming to life. We've got organizations working in international relief, working at hyper-local levels, working in 
very niche cause categories. So how do we think about bringing value to those organizations? And I think that's the next frontier. People are really interested. Uh, we're lucky because we've got customers who are always working with us on like, we don't know exactly what we want to build, but we believe in this. Let's figure it out together. Um, so it's very much kind of this, this dynamic conversation that's underway right now and will be underway for years because there's no playbook for this. Uh, but generally, I'll say that the feedback has been really great um, and, and interested because I think the whole sector is looking for how does my amazing, compelling work resonate and connect with people out who should be supporting us? We, we understand the, the, the impact of the work we're doing and to the degree we're fighting donor apathy or donor attrition or just general apathy like it shouldn't it shouldn't be that it, there's there's something there that we're missing and can this be an avenue for countering that the other thing i'll say is because of that insight that once you've got a donor activated they will continue to stay activated and so that hardest part is getting somebody who's disengaged to become engaged and then you then givers give givers will keep giving and so the the biggest threat we have is donor disengagement. The biggest threat we have is people not seeing themselves in the activities of the sector. And so for us, even if the nonprofit can't be elevated to a GoFundMe donor, for example, getting more donors activated in the formal philanthropic sector is a good thing for all of us. That is a rising tide that will lift all boats. And so I think generally the focus of the, the nonprofit tech sector is really um, at least the, the folks that we've been talking to have really uh, been excited about it. And then I think on the pilot front, like as we keep going on our journey with, with Classy and GoFundMe, I think one of the things that's going to be really neat is we're exploring this idea of one of our programs. So, you know, if someone did uh, engage with us and, and learn about the variety of programs we offer to support a blood cancer patient, one of those is financial assistance. So again, the, the, the complement of GoFundMe is about raising money to help support somebody financially. We offer a number of financial assistance programs ranging from urgent need to travel assistance. Many blood cancer patients have to travel for their treatments, et cetera. Well, what if we, when someone created a GoFundMe campaign for a blood cancer patient, what if we were actually one of the first people to make a donation to the fund? So in other words, rather than going through our organization to apply for a grant, what if we just granted at the moment of the campaign starting? So we become one of the very first donors to somebody's campaign, and then that starts to build the relationship with those individuals, that community, those families, et cetera. Um, and then again, engage them with like, well, not only do we make a donation because we want to support you, but here are all the other ways in which we can support you. And then again, go that journey, the long, long game distance of now come back and, and you receive, now give, et cetera. And we all continue to support each other collectively, which I think, again, is all about the common good of humanity happens when we all play a part um, and we both give and receive. And so I think that's what's uh, ahead for us is kind of exploring these types of ideas as well um, to make it easier for a patient to receive the support that they need. I'll give you one more example of something we're piloting that goes along these lines and takes it even a step further. We've got an organization, uh, a light that works uh, with their constituencies to help sponsor uh, refugee families. And there's a fundraising component of that. And so we're working with them on Classy for their own development efforts, but then they're saying, okay, but our supporters need fundraising capabilities. And so they're using GoFundMe and they're pointing their constituencies to GoFundMe to set up campaigns. And we've got 
kind of a, a white glove experience for these communities uh, for their own efforts. And so when we think about program delivery, not just fundraising, kind of the dynamic gets a little bit interesting. Very interesting. I was going to ask what's next, but I mean, is there anything else that nonprofits can expect and, and when can they expect to be, have access to um, these features? There are a ton of things we're working on. We've got kind of a little labs group internally where we're piloting a, a bunch of other things at smaller scales and you know, hopefully to be bigger scales soon. Um, I think the question on timelines comes to when we have a lot of confidence in the experience. So we've intentionally done this in a really limited way because as every listener here knows, like once you lose trust, it's really hard to rebuild it. And so we don't wanna alienate either our nonprofit partners or the donors and the organizers on the GoFundMe side, because we, we really believe in the power of, of this. And we don't want to, we don't want to rush to market ahead of when we really believe these kind of algorithms and experiences is baked. So it will go, it will go broader as soon as we see consistently that the match is really powerful and the surface areas are really well developed. Um, so I can tell you what we're working on behind the scenes is a lot of taxonomy work, a lot of work on our algorithms, a lot of work on our search and discovery capabilities uh, to make sure that when we do offer up an experience, it's seamless and logical and compelling and an aha moment, not a, this feels weird moment. Um, so hopefully soon, but we've got a lot of teams working on it. Uh, and if organizations are listening to this and they're saying, ah, oh, Soraya and Troy are totally missing a whole bucket of ideas, please come find me because we we are spending a lot of time talking to people and uh, and thinking through this and we would invite anybody to be part of that conversation. Um, and, and if they if they're interested in kind of joining you guys, like is that something that they should reach out for as well? Definitely. Uh, I am an open door. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can go to classy.org uh, and our whole team is is e eager to continue the conversation. And how will this combined opportunity, the ability to improve donor acquisition and mission delivery, impact nonprofits individually and the sector as, as a whole as, as you guys move forward? I, I think, um, you know, the, the opportunity is for, you know, and, and Soraya used the, the, the term earlier, which is bilateral. And then I think of trilateral and quadlateral. Like, I think one of our opportunities in, the, in our space, like in the philanthropic ecosystem, if you will, is not to think of things individually or linearly. Um, so I think historically, and, and again, I'm sort of a for-profit term nonprofit, um, or as I've heard to say, social impact leader now. Um, I don't think of it as oh, an organization is only worried about philanthropy. Oh, and then this side of the organization is worried about delivering on their mission. It's gotta be exactly the same. And so when I think about this, this example with GoFundMe and Classy, this is about, I can't be consumed about driving traffic to GoFundMe from my site and say, oh, but that's not going to LLS, that's going to GoFundMe. No, that's going to serve the person who's in need. Um, and, and I want the person who is fighting blood cancer today to have the best opportunity, the best treatment, the best access, the best care humanly possible to overcome the disease and to go on to live a better, longer, healthier, happier life free of their blood cancer. So how that happens, I'm not as concerned about as long as it happens. And so if that means raising money through GoFundMe, raising money through a classy campaign, raising money through our events like Light the Night or Visionaries of the Year 
or giving individually, it doesn't matter, right? It's all in service to the person who is in need. And we just have to stay mindful of that and recognize that it's all connected and that the journey is long, not short. Um, and that is how we will ultimately make a positive impact in the world, whether our cause is blood cancer or whether it's something else. Um, so that's just my, my optimistic view of the whole thing is we've got to think holistically and not, um, not individually. And I think Classy and GoFundMe, where we see ourselves as playing a role in that is facilitating those connections. No matter what that looks like, we see our job as building the tech to help facilitate all the work Troy is doing and all the work everybody else in the sector is doing. And so again, really grateful for partners like Troy to help push us uh, and would love to talk more about other ideas because this is exactly that kind of thinking that what Troy's talking about is exactly what we think the sector needs and, and we're really committed to support it. Awesome. And, and Troy, real quick, just to circle back to your 180,000 patients that you wanted to reach, do you feel like you're on pace for that goal with all these opportunities now that you have? With these and more, absolutely. Uh, and and so uh, I, have, I have no doubt and confidence in our team and our partners to, to not only meet those 180,000, but to, to meet more. Um, I certainly wish that we didn't have to meet any, um, but I, I am optimistic that we will be able to support that many patients and families and, and more. Great. I, that, that seems like a great place to end. Thanks again to our guests, Soraya and Troy, for sharing their insights. That's all the time we have for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you're eager to learn more about what this program can do for your nonprofits, donor acquisition, and mission delivery. On behalf of Nonprofit Pro and Classy, I'm Amanda Cole, and I hope you'll join us again on the next episode of The Nonprofit Voice. Thanks for listening. Learn more about Classy and GoFundMe's pilot program for nonprofits at classy.org forward slash GoFundMe hyphen demo hyphen request. Listen to more episodes at nonprofitpro.com as well as on Apple, Google, and Spotify.